0: This is The Space Shot, episode 278, for February 16th, 2018. Question Time. I'm John Molnix. Hey everybody, so this is the first in what I'd like to be a series of question and answer episodes. Elizabeth from British Columbia asked about where she can find more recordings and videos for the Apollo missions. So, good question and thanks for the message. My process for researching really depends on the topic. Some missions, like the Apollo ones, have a wealth of data available at archive.org. Others, I rely on my personal library as well as a lot of archived and active NASA history websites. Yesterday, I included some audio of David Scott on Apollo 15. Finding exact moments like that can be a bit difficult when listening to the audio files at archive.org because of how those files are named and organized. For any Apollo episode, the amount of research and legwork that goes into each episode can really vary. Um, Listening to the mission audio to find that exact moment can be a bit crazy. I use the mission timeline that's available through mostly press releases and then also um, NASA history websites as well. Once I've got that, I use that timeline to find the audio file that corresponds with that part of the mission. The research time for these episodes can range anywhere from 5 hours for a shorter episode to beyond 10 or more depending on how much I'm listening to and how much I write. The archive.org files are a great resource, but sorting through them is not for the faint of heart. I'm linking to the nasaarchive.org page in the show notes if you're wanting to take a dive into these files yourself. They're also a great resource if you're a teacher, and if you need any ideas for lesson plans or anything, message me, and I'll be happy to point you in the right direction. Also, you can shoot me any questions you have about space history, podcasting, research in general, really anything space or science or pop culture related, and I'll answer it on the podcast, as long as it fits in with what we're talking about. I also let Elizabeth know about an older episode of The Space Shot that's related to what we've talked about today. Back in episode 40, I discussed digital amnesia, and I'm including the audio from that episode in today's space shot because it's related to the research process we've been talking about. It's amazing how many websites are now archived or partially accessible due to their age, which really isn't that old, to be honest. It's an interesting problem that historians and researchers encounter, and it gets me thinking about how this podcast will be accessible twenty or thirty years from now. I'll still be a space nerd, that much isn't going to change, but how we consume audio content and access podcasts could radically change. I've got one historical note for today's episode. Explorer 9 launched on February 16th, 1961. The spacecraft, quote, measured characteristics and composition of the upper thermosphere and lower exosphere over the entire globe. I'm linking to some great science pages on the thermosphere and exosphere, so be sure to check those out. An interesting note is that Aurora, the northern or southern lights depending on your hemisphere, exist in Earth's thermosphere. Now, for the rest of today's episode, here's episode 40 of The Space Shot, Digital Amnesia. This is The Space Shot, episode 40 for June 23rd, 2017. Digital Amnesia and Core B-1029. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. Five, four, three, two, one... SpaceX successfully launched and landed a booster for the second time today, Core B-1029. Now this is a cool thing, we're entering the age where we're going to start having to keep track of rocket cores that have been successfully launched by SpaceX. Originally Core 29 launched the first 10 Iridium NEXT satellites in January of this year and landed on the West Coast drone ship, just read the instructions. Earlier today, Core 29 launched a second time, delivering Bulgaria Sat-1, then landing a little hard on the East Coast drone ship Of Course I Still Love You. SpaceX is due to launch another time this weekend from Vandenberg Air Force Base, and that will be the second flight of the iridium NEXT satellites. Today's launch is significant because it shows that SpaceX is making progress for rapid reusability, with the eventual goal being a less-than-24-hour turnaround as of today, SpaceX hasn't announced plans as to when the core that launched today will be relaunched, but I'm hoping we'll see it fly again soon. Also, a huge shout-out to the Reddit page r slash SpaceX for their excellent Falcon Core tracker. Today, I want to take a detour from the regular space topics I've been covering to talk about something else. Don't worry, it's related to history and even to space history, so bear with me here. I want to talk about digital amnesia. Well, what is digital amnesia? It's also known as digital obsolescence, but basically, it happens when a file, a website, a piece of computer hardware can no longer be read or function properly, thereby depriving us the ability to read the contents that have been stored in that either physical or digital medium. What I've found in some cases while researching episodes of The Space Shot is that a lot of space mission websites have been left as is. The HTML for the websites dates back to the 1990s and looks pretty basic. Links that used to be functional no longer work. And I've even run into this with blog posts that I've made just a few years ago. Stories that I've linked to, pictures that I've included, they're no longer working properly. Usually the 404 error that you get reads something like, Sorry, the page you were looking for has moved or no longer exists. In the case of NASA, they get a little cheeky with their error message and say that the cosmic object you were looking for has disappeared beyond the event horizon. Funny, but not exactly the message that a researcher or interested member of the public wants to see. So why am I talking about all of this? Well, digital amnesia can pose a problem to historians and to the public. The ephemeral nature of digital content is a topic that's extremely interesting, and it's something that I try to keep in mind when I'm creating content for the podcast. Before I go today, I want to quote Alexis de Tocqueville here. In his seminal work, Democracy in America, he wrote about the characteristics of the modern society he was viewing firsthand. Quote, the society of the modern world, which I have sought to delineate, and which I seek to judge, has but just come into existence. Time has not yet shaped it into perfect form. The great revolution by which it has been created is not yet over. And amidst the occurrences of our time, it is almost impossible to discern what will pass away with the revolution itself and what will survive its close. The world which is rising into existence is still half encumbered by the remains of the world which is waning into decay. And amidst the vast perplexity of human affairs, None can say how much of the ancient institutions and former manners will remain, or how much will completely disappear. Although the revolution which is taking place in the social condition, the laws, the opinions, and the feelings of men, it is still very far from being terminated. Yet, its results already admit of no comparison with anything that the world has ever before witnessed. I go back from age to age upon the remotest antiquity, But I find no parallel to what is occurring before my eyes. As the past has ceased to throw its light upon the future, the mind of man wanders in obscurity." Now let that sink in for a second. As the past has ceased to throw its light upon the future, the mind of man wanders in obscurity. At times I fear that digital storage mediums and things like social media don't offer enough permanence to truly leave us with information that we could use in 5, 10, or 15 years from now. Take the example of Snapchat. Their stories feature was essentially copied by Instagram, and the people that have been creating content on Snapchat suddenly had to start over on a different yet similar platform. With how quickly news and history gets passed through social media, I hope that we don't let the past cease to throw its light upon our future. I would really appreciate it if you could venture into the Apple Podcasts app or your podcast app of choice and leave a review for The Space Shot. To those of you that have already left reviews, thank you. For everyone else, reviews are critical because a steady stream of them helps ensure that The Space Shot stays higher up in Apple's podcast app search algorithm. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter, find me at John JohnMulnix, I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook, just search The Space Shot, or click the link in the show notes and you'll find me. Tomorrow, Vanguard 2, and the International Geophysical Year. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.